Hello, and welcome to a very special episode, I think it's 74, of the How to Be Unpopular podcast. I've got a little bit of chartreuse here. I've got some water. Um, it snowed a lot. It's looking very Canadian outside. 7.30 p.m. on a Thursday night. And I have a very special guest, and I'm quite excited. Let me just see if I'm recording here. Gotta be a professional. I'm quite excited about this guest. Um, this is someone who um, has inspired me quite a bit and um, definitely um, expanded on some of the creative visions of skating from the past, but taken it to a whole new level. Um, his sections include VG23, um, which you can find on Vimeo. We'll, we'll, I'll probably do a side note of a side note of that after. Um, his sections include VG23, Apple RIP SF with Sean Cullen. Um, there was a Shadow edit that pretty much like blew a lot of the online content out of the water for me personally. And um, it was a section that kind of proved to me that you can still make really powerful things and share them online. And uh, most recently, he's been in the Inri video. And... Uh, and if you haven't got the shock video, holy bejeez, you're missing out um, on some of his best skating to date. And uh, we're going to find out more about that, obviously. So without further ado, this is so exciting. Let's talk to Mr. Kevin Yee. Okay, um, I did a little intro for you just before I got into it, where I said, you know, I just named out some of your sections. I said VG23, and then I said you took a bit a break from skating. Um, then um, Apple RIP SF, then most recently the Inri video, which I haven't seen that section yet, and um, the Shock video, which I want to talk about quite a bit. And um, quite importantly, just because it didn't have a physical release on a DVD, but um, your Shadow section. So is there anything I missed there for the listeners? No, I mean, yeah, that's that's it. There was a bunch of stuff I did in Minnesota, but, you know, that's just local stuff. Oh, no, we're going to talk about that, too. That's on my list of questions. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> is there anything you want to say as an intro here before we before we start diving in? Uh, no, let's do it. First of all, this is really cool. I mean, Todd talked about it in, in the... Sean Cullen and the, and the Halfy podcast that I don't actually know you. I feel like I do just through your skating and through what I've seen in videos, and I, I think it's really exciting that we can connect. And I mean, I've always wanted to collaborate with you, but this is a this is the first step in some kind of a relationship. Technology, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna dive in with my first question here. Um, Everything that you've you put out for me personally has been really inspiring, and it's kind of picked up um, where people like Eric Burke and uh, Nick Riggle and Andy Cruz, like you kind of picked up where they left off, but you've expanded upon it greatly. Um, where did you first kind of start skating a bit different? Like what was the seed that kind of planted the idea to start skating different? That's a good question. Well, I'm not really sure, because I'm not that good with, uh, you know, like, remembering all things exactly in order and stuff, but 
you know, a few things like, um, I mean, I know the mind game videos had a big impact, but I think it was before that, um, even, uh, just cause I liked John Julio skating a lot. Yeah. Uh, he was my favorite skater and he always did like, he was always like kind of creative, you know? He was always doing, like, wall taps to um, grinds and a lot of wall rides, and you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I really liked him, his skating, and I felt like... You know, here, let me think. Um, yeah, you don't have to worry about... Um, we'll get into a little bit of a flow. Yeah. It's 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 uh, what we talked about. It's a good thing to just practice talking, and there's no right answer. The yeah, more you just keep talking, the better it is. Right, I've been sitting in a cubicle all day, you know, so it's um, but it'll, uh, yeah, but yeah, Julio, Mind Game videos, like, uh, my crew, SNF, um, we had a couple sections in the Battle of My Crew videos, that's skate and fight, that's what it means, and that was, uh, Honors and Kai Carlson, we, uh, and Nick and Bill Brendan, those two sets of brothers and some of their other friends were all from, uh, around Fargo. Fargo Moorhead, you know, by you, kind of. Kind of. Um, and uh, so those guys came, moved down to the Twin Cities. I'm from I'm from the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. When those guys moved down, our crew kind of got solidified, and it was it was kind of like my group plus their group, you know. So I was always skating with Farmer and Blake O'Brien and um, Matt Jorgensen, and then. Uh, um, and Zach Flugum, he was the filmer and also a good skater. And those guys came down. We had a crew, and I think I think we were all kind of into doing stuff that was uh, that we thought was cool. Which I think that just meant like more than just your standard uh, rail trick or more than just your standard uh, ledge thing, you know? Yeah, Kyan so, Kyan Anders um, is on Anders. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, they were the first people to really take it and run with it with those uh the life plus skating in the forest or skating in the woods section yeah. so um and then uh we'll get into saving but so what you're saying is everyone kind of did things a little bit different and on top of that there's a a rich history of innovation in um in Minnesota with Scribe and Steve Thomas, uh-huh. Shane Nelson, a lot of those guys. So were, yeah. did, did those original guys kind of influence Farmer and Kai and Anders and, and you like, was there already kind of the foundation was laid down in terms of Minnesota being a place where people skated a little bit different? Well, I mean, I'm not sure if I'd say that uh, <laughs> because, uh, I mean, I, I knew those guys vaguely, um, and, uh, and not, I don't even know if I, I, I don't know, I think my, my early memories of skating in Minnesota was, uh, we'd go to the skate park called Four Down, that's where I met everybody, and, uh, I was always shy, so I was kind of like, didn't go out with the dudes, I would just go to the skate park, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't skate street as much at all initially but like my first kind of vision of skating in in the Twin Cities I guess I should try to try to give a date I guess this is like 96 and 7 yeah um when I was just getting into the aggressive type scene um everybody was just kind of like competitive and like really uh 
going hard, you know, like we, they would, all the dudes would go and skate the park rail and they yeah. just go back to back and it was tight if you could do like a lot of crazy shit on that down rail, you know, <laughs> and like, you know, it was like Matt Jorgensen and Farmer were the two guys that were a little younger coming up. There was also like Jake Moreau, who was awesome, like a badass street skater. Do you know who that is? Yeah, he's sick. He's, yeah. He's like a big dude too, isn't he? Like, yeah. He seems yeah. big and burly, and he, he's someone who has, uh, his skating's just always been the same in the best way possible. Yeah, he's awesome. There was, a, uh, yeah, he always, like, I think he's only a year or two older than me. Like, we're basically the same age, but, God, when I met him, I probably thought he was, like, 10 years older than me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then there's, like, Jake LaCroix, there, Pat Milbury was in the scene, and he was, like, yeah, the swagger, you know? He oh, was, yeah. He was always waxing the coping and skating slower because, you know, with all the style. And, yeah, uh, that was totally his thing. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and so it seemed like, it didn't seem to me looking back on it. Well, I'll tell you one guy, though. One guy who, like, people don't necessarily know about. I, like, kind of remind, even though it doesn't matter, but John Larson, his nickname was Baby Jesus. He was the shit. I mean, John would just skate, like, I don't know, it's kind of like... Uh, Dominic Sagona, like the way that he skates, and you know, you just couldn't imitate it if you try because it's all about his energy and yeah. like the, the confidence. And it's just something that the style, uh, John was like that. And so, I guess it was like there was there was a bunch of guys. Um, and I want to say, I want to say at that time, looking, try, looking back on the tricks we were doing, um, at least at the skate park, uh, didn't seem like anyone was really too, um, trying to be innovative because there was still so many everyone was still trying to learn all the grinds it seems like you know or getting or getting their classic you know their their grinds down so i don't know yeah it didn't seem like as much of a creative vibe even though creative tricks are always happening you know but it wasn't like oh this guy's so innovative it was like you're good or you're not you know yeah i know well i think that uh that's a thread that still exists through your skating is there's a there's quite um a base of just you still have a lot of technical knowledge of skating and, and a lot of tricks that you can just throw down that um, kind of remind me of those those days just practicing stuff over and over and over again, yeah. grinds and things like that. I, I wish I had some of that stuff. I, I really don't. Um, a lot of people's uh, upbringing through skating was, would be quite similar. It's funny to think of how the, the down rail at the skate park, like um, rollerbladers were so intense about about specifically just the down rail and learning all the grinds and and um i mean it wasn't even until however many years later that in one of pat lennon's video like smooth bowl skating which was yeah it just wasn't a part of skating until yeah. until later yeah um, <laughs> so what was okay if there was no seed for for kind of creative skating what was the seed for just skating. And what was the first time you tried on skates? Can you talk a bit about the first time you put on rollerblades? Um, I think I first got skates when I was really, really young. Like my parents got me a pair, and they got they got my sisters. I have two sisters, and uh, we all got skates. And I w I think I was like seven or eight, you know, really young. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I just I I think we still have video of me falling around on on the um, like. We were just, you know, on the driveway. I was in, I was living in Kansas, I think, at the time. 
And um, uh, yeah, I just would skate around. I think I, I always I liked them right away. I definitely liked them right away. And I remember when I was a little kid, I didn't like bikes. I had this thing where I didn't like biking. You know, I just like blading. Um, and uh, I would uh, I lived in a neighborhood um, in Kansas, and there was like. You know, like, even the idea of a neighborhood to me now seems so distant, you know? But, you know, it, it was like it was like a real neighborhood. It was called Shady Brook. It had two entrances, and it kind of was like a U, you know? Yeah. And so I would, uh, I would, um, I got some skates, uh, and uh, the neighborhood kids, we would all get together and play sports together, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I, uh, there was a phase where we played hockey, you know, like, street hockey with rollerblades on yeah and, uh we we tried the pucks but the pucks kind of sucks because the the balls didn't roll you know that they put in there um yeah. so we used tennis balls and anyways like this was like kind of like my favorite sport that we ever played you know just because i had the rollerblades on and so like right when that right when that trend was happening we were in the street hockey phase i got my parents to get me a pair of bowers yeah huh and they were actually, like, less comfortable than my other ones, but they were just super sick, you know? They're all black, and they had, like, the cloth on the outside, you know? Yeah. They really weren't that comfortable, but, I, they, yeah, the bearings and everything was good, so I was I was rocking those, and then pretty soon after that, everyone wanted to play football, and I was so bummed, you know, but I kept rollerblading around, you know? Um, so I've been skating for forever, you know? I'm 27 now, so I guess I've been skating for 20 years. Yeah. Wow, that's about the same time that I've been skating, and uh, uh, again, you can tell that there's that history of just being comfortable on skates when yeah, when I watch you skate. Yeah, there's definitely years of just liking rollerblading, kind of just as a hobby. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, totally. In in ninety ninety five, I think ninety yeah ninety four or five. Um, the, I was living in Kansas before I before I moved to Minnesota. I was living in Kansas, and uh, um, some of my friends started doing like BMX type stuff. Like they were going off. They they built a ramp and they went off it with their bike. And I was still in that whole I don't like biking thing. So I just so I did it on my blades. And uh, and I don't know if that really counts. I don't count that as the beginning of my my skating because I didn't know anything about the culture. I just thought uh, I'll do the ramp on my blades because I like them more. You know what I mean? That was it. That's um, awesome. That's yeah. Kind of the first time I, I tried skates, it was uh, I was hooked, but I had no idea about there being videos or, or anybody doing tricks or anything. I yeah. remember yeah. jumping on them too, jumping into mm -hmm. grass and things like that. So it was kind of, what, yeah. what was it about skating that you connected with and why didn't you like bikes? <laughs> I think... What I used to say is that, um, oh yeah, I was always doing, I was always showing off and doing tricks, you know, like, uh, like I would do spider stance, um, or I would do like, um, heel toe or toe toe or toe or, or heel heel, you know, all those. Oh, spider stance is like crab walk, right? Yeah. When you outie, like out, yeah. Yeah. I would do that and I would go up on my two toes and I go up on my two heels and then toe heel. And I would do, like, little 360s and stuff, and that was all just, like, me liking rollerblading before I knew anything about it. But to answer your question, what was it that, that was so nice about rollerblades? Well, the, 
the bite um, hurt my back, and I don't I don't know why. Maybe I just didn't have a bite that was just right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I love biting now. <laughs> and and uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's some, some. I don't think there's something when you're. I, I guess my, my guess is that when you're a kid, you know, you just gravitate to things that feel good, and that's all. Definitely. You know, there's nothing like, oh, this is cool. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that. It's just like, I like it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember I asked my parents for a skateboard when I was, I think, five years old, and I told them that I wanted a skateboard and I wanted to chew gum and listen to a Walkman, and. Yeah. Um, Apparent, I don't know what I would have seen on television, but um, they thought it was too dangerous. So I don't know if my yeah. if my whole trajectory in life would have been different had they they got me a skateboard. But I like you, I started out in hockey, and yeah. um, and it was something about trying skates and not having the stick and just being able to go wherever you want. That, right. And and as you get older, as you you're kind of a philosophizer. Not that that's a real yeah. term, but um, someone. Yeah. How I say you, you carry the tradition of people like uh, Nick Riggle and Andy Cruz and Eric Berg. People who uh, it looked like they thought a lot about skating um, yeah. when you watch them skate. And as you get older, do you think um, rollerblading is quite a like? I mean, this is quite a quote-unquote gay thing to say, but I've heard. People say this. Rollerblading is quite poetic. Like as you get older, do you find that it's a very uh, poetic way of expressing things? Hmm. Let's see. Well, can you tell me what that means? It's kind of by that with poetic. You know, what do you mean? I, I know that that sounds weird, but just go for it. Um, well, that you can express a lot without um, using, like, um. Poetic films, in my mind, are ones that can say a lot just by, a, like, a feeling that you get from it. Yeah. Um, so, just for an example, it was, um, there was this older guy, like a grandpa, watching us skate at the skate park years ago. And he was watching, um, there was an X-Bikes there, and there were skateboards there. And he said, um, it, it's, he said, it's just not the same. I love watching what you guys do. We didn't know this guy. He said, rollerblading is very poetic. So that always stuck with me. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, the one thing that came to mind is, you know, when things come to mind and they seem like they're true, you know, but I guess like the, the thing that I think of with rollerblading that's poetic to me is when I'm just the skating, you know, not really the tricks Yeah. as much. Um, like just the way I'm, when I'm weaving my feet and stuff, you know, um, mm-hmm kind of that thing that Latimer did a lot and Sagona does so well, you know, and and it's that, I mean, to, to make an idea what I'm talking about, it's just, just the movement, like, uh, when I'm skating down the street, man, it's one thing that's cool is that after you do something for so long, I, I think it could be poetic, just me skating down the street and that, you know, um, and especially when I'm alone, though, that's the thing. I wish that I could skate I wish my style in front of the camera and in front of other in front of observers was like when I skate alone because god I mean it sounds like when someone says you know when you're a kid and they're like I did this awesome fucking rail fucking 20 stairs you know and then you're like let me see it and you know dudes lied back then and I'm a good kid I never lie about anything 
It's what lies, so I'm telling you right now, it's no lie that my style when no one's watching is fucking sick, you know? But, you know, I work toward that. That's totally. Alone <laughs> at night, skating down the street, need some me time. That's it. That's what I think of skating. Oh. oh. What is it about when the when the camera comes on? We call this thing the curse of the camera that sometimes yeah. it's the same thing with the podcast. As soon as you hit record sometimes it's like you're lying instantly. Yeah. That you're yeah. that the some degree of trying like comes yeah. through, and it's so hard to get in get into that natural flow state. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what it is, but I'm not too worried about it because um, <laughs> basically, like I like the camera, you know, like mm-hmm. I like when some lots of times, um, like I don't have that thing where you. I mean, every once in a while, I'll have a hard time landing a trick. Well, that sounds cocky, but no, I mean, every once in a while, I, I'll feel like the camera's getting me, but the thing is, is skate, doing doing tricks on street that I want to do, you know, that I think... Hello? Hello? Okay, so what we were talking about is when you have a trick in mind on street. Yeah. Yeah, when... Oh, man, you know what? I'll tell you this. Um, I think about street tricks all week long, you know? Like, I think about them all the time, you know? And I'm always looking for spots, and I'm drawing my spots at work, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking. You know what I mean? And um, Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and so when... And then all week long, you know, it's like I'm thinking about it, and I'm, I'm working on my body so that I can actually pull it off and not get hurt. That's a big thing to me. Like, uh, when I was filming for the shock video, I got hurt a lot, you know? Um, I got... You you pushed it a, you pushed it a lot, like, um, oh, you had, you have some bad falls in that, which we can talk about a little bit more later, but what, prepping your body, how so, do you take supplements, or, or do you do yoga, or exercise? I don't, I don't really do, I mean, I'm... You know, I'm not there yet on the supplements. Like, I, I was doing glucosamine for a little while, and uh, don't know if it works really, but I just kind of fell off that. I'm not the most, you know what I mean? It's like I'm not the most on top of it, but I am super on top of the yoga. That's something that has been, um, it's you know, it's it has done wonders for me, you know? Um, I do, I, I've done, uh, I try to do yoga about three times a week, um, and I'm shooting for five this week. I did my third just before I came and talking to you. So I'm trying to do a lot of that. Um, I do, I do, uh, like flow yoga, ashtanga, you know, not much for supplements and not that I, I just don't know much about it. You know, that's that maybe that's the next step. I don't know, but I do a lot of yoga and, um, I really, I mean, I was thinking about, okay, so I mean, it's, Yoga is a funny thing because it's so, like, trendy and popular, you know. But um, I've had a lot of good results with it, so I believe in it. Um, I was thinking, why is it that, uh, you know, it's just there's stretching and then there's yoga. What's the difference, right? Um, and I think for me, it's like if I just stretch, it's pro- I'm probably not going to just stretch for an hour, you know. Um, yeah. And it's also just kind of the way that the sequences are put together. I just think it's there's a there's just a lot of wisdom there 
and loosening up the body and strengthening it. And, and I've gotten to the point where like crazy stuff, you know, it's like, I'm, uh, you, you know, the, um, like just doing like hip opening type stuff. Oh man. Like my left hip has gotten so much looser than it was before. And now I'm doing like switch back Royales and switch topsoles. And I'm not even sure which way I do that shit anymore. It's all just because of the yoga, you know, and, and a little bit of practice, you know, being like test, you know, if your body's changing, like, I mean, the way to, for me, I can't go out and skate every day anymore, you know, I don't have time, and it's also not the most effective way to improve my craft, you know, it's doing, it's, it's doing stuff like yoga that really, that really helps me, like, uh, continue to improve, and, and it helps me uh, recover from the weekend, because the weekend's a bender, you know. <laughs> yeah I was skating you know yeah I I've, uh, I did the 9 to 5 with skating on the weekend when I lived in Vancouver and I hadn't discovered yoga yet I just yeah. discovered yoga yeah. um, and I've been doing it for a year and it's helped dramatically um, I, I do a bunch of different styles like I do hot yoga but um, have you done yin yoga yet no where you hold certain poses for a really long period of time like you were talking about the opening of the hips there's um pigeon pose you can hold for up to 10 minutes sometimes and i i love it um i i recommend yeah. it i mean do you ever feel lame talking about yoga like to people um because not lame but yeah it's something that's helped your skating so much yeah. and uh actually one thing was the shock there was a shock video and that's what actually kind of swayed me closer to yoga was um, was that you who filmed that? You asked. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, used, that... I used to do work trade at a hot yoga studio. That's where I did that. <laughs> I, I thought that was so great. There was uh, there was something about uh, kind of like bridging a gap between two worlds there. That um, something about like the dude doing the like doing a pose yeah. in the little shorts or whatever. Yeah. It just I loved that. <laughs> it's something yeah. that you just wouldn't have seen in any other kind of blade media outlet so um kudos to that yeah. because i got i got into yoga because of that oh yeah uh, that's good so then what you're saying is that you pretty much you're thinking about skating you're drawing spots you're prepping your body mm -hmm. for the weekend um uh -huh. of skating that's a it kind of goes with this question if if you were to be skating Full. Let's just say you didn't have to work a nine to five, and uh -huh. you had complete freedom, and you could skate full time. Do you? As I get older, I kind of find there's almost a flaw in too much freedom. Uh -huh. That um, uh -huh. do you think it would be kind of a dark thing to be able to skate all the time? Um. Well, uh, I I think I skate enough um right now. You know. Mm -hmm. Um. I think I would, what I would do is be able to, um, I mean, if, is, I'll answer your question, is it a, the freedom, I totally agree, you know, um, constraints are important, you know, in a way, um, but, um, here, can you reword that, ask me again. Oh, uh, is it, is it a f flaw to have too much freedom is, is that a flawed thing for a human being is to have full freedom is there too much responsibility in that to have complete freedom well I'm not sure but I think if you or me or whoever 
uh, just got the opportunity to um, not have to work a nine to five. I think other things would just filter in, you know, and you have other things going on. That's true. You know, That's start your business, you know, do something, learn a language, you know, it's like uh, you might end up sitting on your ass. I can imagine that, you know. As in, you, not you, as in you, but just one. You know, one might be sitting on their ass for a little while. Uh, but I think I think I could get used to that. You know, I, I did, uh, when I when I hurt my ankle and my leg, I last year I had ankle surgery, and, um, and I ended up getting work from, I was working from home for like three months, two or three months, which was awesome. My, my work is, uh, for what it is, they're pretty... They're, they're pretty good about, uh, you know, treating me well. But they let me stay home for a while. And um, and I really liked that, you know. I was, like, I was like so creative that during that period. I was, um, I felt like I, w- I was, like, picking up anything and everything. And I could just, like, immediately dive into it. I started, I hadn't really been drawing since I was uh, in college. Um, I go through spurts with, with like traditional kinds of art, um, but I've gotten, but I hadn't done it for a while. I got into a spurt with drawing, and I got into a spurt with like suddenly I was writing a book of poetry, and I'm never even really written poetry, and it never really worked out. I don't know if it's good, you know what I mean? But I was just doing all these new things, and I think that if I didn't work a nine to five, I think uh, I think I could handle that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, at this point, with the experiences I've had, I think I could handle it. You know, I'd be okay. I don't think it would be a dark thing for me. I think I'd be pumped. Do like Joey. Let's do another one in ten minutes. You know. <laughs> that's a good answer. That's a good yeah. answer. I think that's. I think that's. I would like to be able to give more time. I would like to be able to give more time to my body a lot more. You know. And, I yeah. And I, you know, I think. You know, the, what I've found from how far yoga has helped me with skating, you know, and I want to do capoeira, and I want to do modern dance, and I want to do all these things, you know, but I don't have the time, so it's like, it's tough. But, yeah, yeah, so I would probably be okay. I think wow. you would do. We'd all be okay. Oh, yeah, well, just with, um, with us relaunching the new site and starting to do these Skype casts and... I have a backlog of um, skate stuff that I have to edit that yeah. I can't. I don't have a lot of time to do, yeah. and um, I could I could fill my schedule pretty easily. But I completely agree with you that um, the the working on the body is probably the most important part. That you could do that almost full time, and uh, yeah. like you could do that five days a week. You could work on your body and your mind. Like I could mm-hmm. I could journal and go to yoga and maybe do some form of exercise. Yeah. And then maybe work on some skating stuff, do some editing, and then skate on the weekends. I could fill that time. You're right. Yeah. That's a good answer. Um, yeah, but I'm I gonna... think you come up with even more stuff that you couldn't even imagine, you know? You might yeah. end up another 9 to 5 before you're too careful, you know? That's true. That's yeah. true. What do you think about that statement? Uh, this is this is uh, something that you hear a lot after the Steve, Steve Jobs death uh, follow your passion do you believe in that um yeah i do mm-hmm. yeah yeah do you think it needs to have some kind of a subtext to it 
like follow your passion, but maybe you have to do some shit that you don't want to do sometimes. Yeah. Um, what what's some we'll stuff? Powerful with that involved. <laughs> what's that? I want to be as is, uh, I want to come off as hard. <laughs> um, what's it like balancing? I think you're one of the first person actually that's that with age you said that so two just a weekend for skating is perfect for you do you think two days of skating is perfect out of a out of a full week well i mean i'd say um first like in it's no no it's not perfect because skating skating two days in a row um is not ideal you know mm-hmm. like last like right Last week, and I, you know, I kind of forced myself to skate Saturday and Sunday because I'm working on some new stuff, you know. Um, I think I'd take a day off for sure. And uh, I mean, my work schedule isn't that bad because I have Mondays off too if I choose. So are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So I've got the ideal kind of thing going on here for that. Uh, So yeah, I have. I have an optional Monday, so when I'm hurt, I just work, and or if I want to make money, then I do. But um, but yeah, it's it's a fortunate thing to have for skating. That's why I kind of when I when I agreed to the job, I I kind of set that up that way for skating. That's yeah. brilliant. I wish yeah. more jobs had that as as an option. Yeah, I don't even know how I got it. Nobody else has got it at my whole office, so it's weird. You must have something special then, Kevin. Yeah, Jedi mind. <laughs> okay, this is uh, something that you said in your one interview recently. Um, you oh. called your, your Vici 23 era skating, um, it was, or you said self-indulgence. You said it was, uh-huh. it was kind of an era of self-indulgence. Do yeah. you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny phrase to use, isn't it? <laughs> eating a bunch of candy or something. <laughs> like if I didn't hold myself back, I'd just slide around on my butt all day long. <laughs> Here's a brain for you. <laughs> Not good enough. Go try to learn a true spin for you fuckers, you know? <laughs> uh, self-indulgent. I'm getting to start laughing so hard that I... Um, should I explain it? I think what I mean by that uh, is that something like um, I was just kind of doing whatever whatever I wanted without a reference point, you know, to to kind of like to skating and you know what's what's been done maybe and kind of like the you know there's a there's a kind of like. Um, you're not supposed to do things this way. You are supposed to do things this way. These are tricks and these aren't, you know. Don't step up. Don't slide on your butt. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't really care at all, you know. Didn't care at all. And the thing is, the, I had a... I think the reason why I didn't care at all is because, uh, you know, I never wanted to be, like, sponsored or I never had any desire or, or even a single thought about it. Um until, like, you know, you saw me in RIPSF um, years after that, you know. And the whole, the VG thing, um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know if I said this in that interview or something or not, but, you know, I didn't know I was filming for VG at all. I thought I was filming for the Saban video, 
you know. And what happened with that is Kai and Anders went on their own paths and never finished their sections, and the video just never went anywhere. Um, and I was sitting on, like, um, fuck, so much footage, you know. And uh, and I just gave it all to Zach Fluga, my old friend from Minnesota, because he was helping Dave Payne make sections for the last VG, you know. Yeah. So, you know, that footage is, was old when it came out, and I didn't even know there isn't a single trick in there where I was like, oh, I'm filming for VG. You know, I probably would have been like, whoa, you know, what's happened, yeah. you know? And uh, so, I mean, I want to, I, I want to, I want to, like, way too heavily on the self-indulgent phrase. I'm a writer in a way, so I like to use these phrases, you know what I mean? There's a, I think there's a sense to it, you know? Like, just do whatever I want, you know? Um, oh, well, I connected with it because I, and, and I'm sure Todd could say it too, we've been self-indulgent before, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's an important part of... Uh, yeah. It's important. Uh, it's the experimenting and kind of yeah. just doing whatever you want is an important part of, I yeah. guess, progression in some yeah. strange way. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was saying too in that thing. I was like, look, like, I think that just doing that allowed me to kind of open up some different... Um, directions that have kind of kind of come back around and it kind of have crystallized into something that's like, you know, my stuff, you know, or my style or whatever, you know. But I, I don't know. I think I'm ready to become self-indulgent, but not till next year, okay? <laughs> that's, uh, your, uh, your more recent stuff is definitely, um, you're, you're still very creative, like the spirit of that of that creativity is there, yeah. but, um, yeah. it, it has, a, a, it's dangerous and, uh, it's executed very well. It's kind of, um, I'm surprised that it's not more talked about. Like, I, I don't understand why, why your skating in your sections isn't talked about more. I, I think that's kind of a weird thing. Why is that, um, the kind of the culture, even though I don't really believe there's, that much of a culture behind skating. Um, why are people like, uh, like you know, yourself, Andy Cruz, Nick Riggle, uh, Matthew Heineman, Rory Mellahan, Walt Austin? There's people who are very talented in a very specific direction where they combine creativity with more traditional aspects of skating, but they kind of, they're not, not that it's a goal to be a big name, but... Um, they're kind of, they're not thrust upon the the big names like, or sorry, they're, they're not they're not like the golden names of skating. Like their influence is kind of underneath it all. I'm sorry, I'm super verbose when I get to my questions, but I'll probably do it too. I'll forgive you. Um, but when I yeah. name those names, why is that? Why has that always been a thing in skating? I don't know. I love all those skaters. You know, like those guys are all sick. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe it's not. I don't. I don't know. I mean, is it is it because more fringe types of um, different kinds of skating, different kinds of people, different kinds of artists don't get don't just don't just don't get that central recognition usually. Is that it or what? I guess so. That just I don't know. Wait. Um, Maybe they're like less marketable or something. I don't know. 
Isn't that what it comes down to with companies and sponsorships? I guess so. That was nice. Was that Burp? Yeah. That was good. I guess so. It's uh, Walt Austin especially. I mean, he's one of those people that um, he kind of, I wish that he was someone who put out a section every year or two sections a year because he his skating still has so much value to me, you know? But yeah, it's I, I wonder if there's a lot. Well, we should try and get him on the podcast, but cool. I'm just happy that you haven't gotten got frustrated that, um, yeah. I mean, you put out so much amazing stuff yeah. and you don't really get a lot in return for putting it out. But, I mean, the amount of time that you put into your sections alone oh. is uh, like an Apple RIP was two years and shock video yeah. was two years right shock was three years yeah. shock was three three years yeah um is there how do you feel after you finish something like that do you have any expectations of of putting out something in the shadow section as well how long did you film for that one that one was a unique one um that was uh there was there was maybe five five or eight tricks or something that there's a few tricks in there that Pat filmed of me. Um, but pretty much six, six minutes of that, at least of the raw skating was, was a weekend. Really? Yeah. And that was, um, that my, my really good friend, Justin D'Angona, um, he's been really supportive of me and my skating. He, uh, he was working with, um, he was working with Ben Schwab, like filming him for Shadow. Yeah. And, um, and they they're with Jero too, and they all came up to NorCal um, and stayed with Pat. And at that time, I was living with Pat. This is like 2008, I think, about there. And um, I was living with Pat and skating with Pat. And uh, I don't think anyone knew I was I was. Um, skating again, you know, or, or filming again, and, um, yeah, Ben came up with Justin, and, and I skated with those guys, and, um, and that was a big, that weekend, I met Justin, and I met, and I met Ben, and after that, Ben was going to get me on Shadow, so that was so, that was super cool, because I had already been riding, I've been riding Shadows for, like, eight years now, you know, it's the only skate that really feels right for me so far that I've tried, you know, uh, feel like it's some weird, um, oh, what's that one movie? Um, no, I'm just gonna go think, 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 but I don't know. Yeah, dude. Any, what movie? I okay. probably know it. You know that one with, uh, it's, it's like all set in like a rainforest type thing and there's these blue alien things that you can kind of get into their body and become them. Oh, Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> you know how, you know how when when you in Avatar when um when you become one with the animal that you're riding, <laughs> yeah, it's like that with me and Shadows, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you about the, those those skates, so you pretty yeah. much answered the, that question. Yeah, I w- yeah. So, uh, but Ben got you on Shadow. Ben got me on them, and um. It's funny how you say Jado. <laughs> what is it? I think it's Shadow. Because it's supposed, Shadow? It's supposed to just be Shadow. But then I think I, like, I think Shane didn't have the the rights to that. It's a pretty popular word. Jado? 
I think it's just shadow, like your own shadow. Like your inner shadow. I don't know. But uh, Leon from Shop Task called them Exus Jados for the longest time. Huh? Yeah, I so I think I'm going to start like, calling them. No, call them, keep calling them whatever. I, <laughs> I used to call them that Exato or something so I could remember how to spell it when I was younger. <laughs> that must be what it is for me. It must be a visual thing, like a yeah. visual cue that I see it being spelled. Yeah, I have some, yeah. some ones that I pronounce wrong. Yeah, no, it's all good. I just curious okay. on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I met Justin's my good friend. And uh, Justin uh, went back down to L.A. with Ben. Ben got me on Shadow, and Justin called me and was like, actually, I was calling him because he, he got a really cool clip of me. You know that one where I go, like, sweaty a ledge? And then I land and do like a macchio to fish brain on a wall, a ledge rail, and then drop to soul in that shadow section. Oh, it's the set that Pat backflips. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, that's uh, it, that, I mean, that's a great that's a great trick. Thanks, I I love that trick too. And I and I was like Justin, you got to send that up. You got to send me that clip, you know. And he was like, um, he was like, well, what if I just come up and film you, you know, for a shadow promo because you're on the team now, right? And I was like, oh, I was like, I wasn't sure what I thought about Justin right away. Sometimes your best friends, you know, you're like not sure about them right away. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, this dude, he's like <laughs> L.A. dude looking guy. But anyways, I was like, uh, I'm down. Um, cool. And he comes up, you know, and I was so nervous, you know. And um, I had actually just, and I, and I always plan a lot, you know, with skating. I plan a lot of spots out and, um and uh, but I but I, had, I didn't know what I what I could really do in a weekend, you know. But I just like I don't know. It was just Justin came up and in three and a half days, I think we filmed like six minutes of of footage, and it was crazy. Like it, I don't know. It was just like I think you know. And I what I found is that um, with uh, with skating, there's these moments in in my skating life where I can kind of point to a specific weekend or, like, a specific trick. And I'm, like, after that, like, I, I kind of went, I kind of transcended myself, you know? Like, you know what I mean by that? It's, like, just, like, yeah. something happened then. And, and after that, you know, my first time to New York with Tommy Boy, I went out there. It was the first, first stuff we filmed for the shock video three, over three years ago. It's like something happened in New York, and then boom, you know, just... But anyway, so that was a magical weekend, and um, and I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd ever even try to do that much shit in that many days, you know, because it was so brutal. Like, once he was gone, I was just, like, barely standing up. And, uh, I think there's a lot of... Uh, oh, just to cut you off, I think no, there's a lot of value no. in every once in a while if you do explore the idea of doing that... Um, that amount of skating and that amount of time, I think. Yeah. That, there's a lot of value in that. That's all I, I wanted to add to that. Um, yeah. Because I've been kind of, as, a, as I get older, especially for Todd and I, we don't have a lot of time to film, and we live yeah. in different places. So um, the videos the videos kind of reflect where we are and how much time we have to do something. So I know we've been wanting to explore, you know, working on something for longer but we have found value in filming things in short amounts of time so yeah. um 
I definitely know what you're talking about with the um, the kind of magical points in skating. There's been certain trips and, and certain filming times where I don't know what it is. Like you shed a, a skin or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's really um, cool. Um, so I just have a question kind of based on the timeline here. The break that you took from skating when you said you moved in with Pat and no one really knew you were skating again, um, did you actually take a break from, from you didn't put your skates on for a certain number of years, or what was that that, uh, that span of time about? Um, yeah, I've, um, let's see. I think it was from 2004 until 2006 where I was really not, really not skating, you know, um, but, and, and then the fade in and the fade out, you know, (laughs) what, what was it about that, that time, Um, well, so, a lot of things happened to me, um, I moved out to California, uh, 2002, um, and Kai, was out there, moved in with Kai, and Matt Jorgensen moved in with him, too. Um, and uh, and then Nick and Bill Brendan, um, those guys, our crew, you know, a lot of our, the majority of our crew was in San Diego, you know? So, yeah. um, we just kind of, we just did our thing in San Diego as if we were in Minnesota, you know? And then Kai, Kai definitely had an eye to, like, um, uh, get his shit out there, you know, and I'm so glad he did, you know, because then people know about the railroad grind, and he had, he became friends with Dan Busta, and they did some stuff, but, but, um, and then Nick, Nick also had some stuff in BMAG, but, um, generally, like, we were pretty much doing our same, um, hermit style, you know, blading, and, um, basically, uh, those guys all left. Um, John Haynes moved uh, in 2003 to live with me, and this other guy named Blake Levitt, who was a rollerblader from the East Coast. And then John didn't like it, so after a year, he he left too. And so I started, I moved to San Diego kind of feeling like we were all going to move there, you know? And then after two years, I was the only one left, you know? And uh, I just kind of like, I had friends who skated, um, the Santee guys, like, they were they were always, like, really cool to me, and I knew I could go skate with them, and I would, but, uh, but it was hard, because, like, all my best friends just were gone, and, and I just, uh, when I would go out and skate, I don't think I would have as much fun without them, you know, and then, um, at the same time, my hip and my back, um, were, were hurting a lot, and I remember, I remember having a session, at this at this famous ledge spot um, in San Diego, and I and I like was trying to do some new stuff, and I just like fell on my back and I fell on my hip, and I was like fuck, you know, I just wasn't having a good time. I remember that I was like fuck, you know, this isn't cool, you know. Yeah. And um, and at the same time, um, yeah. So my friends all left. My uh, my body was really hurting. I didn't know what to do about it at the time. I mean, uh, if anyone's listening, if your uh, if your body ever starts to hurt, 
no matter what, don't stop moving it. Because that's what I did, thinking if I stopped moving it, then it would feel better, you know? Keep moving. Um, and so my back got worse. And, um, and at the same juncture, I was also, like, getting really, really, really interested in um, just learning, you know? Um, I went out to San Diego, and I started community college right away. Um, and I wasn't ever very... Consider I never considered myself very smart or uh, a good student um, at all in high school, and um, I just started having some teachers that that uh, were like, "Damn, dude, where are you going to? Uh, where are you going to go transfer to?" And I'm like, "I don't know, Humboldt or SF State or something." You know, they're like, "You got to go to Berkeley. Uh, you know, you got to go to UC. You know, you." you you see the University of California schools versus the state schools in California. It's just like the UCs are supposedly better education, more more teachers who write books. I don't know what the fuck. You know what I mean? But that's, <laughs> like, that's like what they were telling me. And I was like, damn. And I was really like, I wasn't just like stoked about getting good grades. I was like, I would like get home from school and I would go to a cafe and I would read stuff that I was interested in, like, I was reading a lot of Joseph Campbell at the time, and, um, uh, I was really inspired by, uh, by him, and I was reading just anything, anything that could come in, um, and philosophy was my favorite subject out of all of them, and, um, and so I just started to, um, I started to change my, my identity started to kind of go towards, like, being, being, um, uh, thinking, intellect like over like the skating stuff you know and uh um i remember there was a phase though where when i when i started to lose my zest for skating there was a phase where i was like trying other stuff to fill it you know because i my whole life i'd always done something there's always been something above everything else you know absolutely um so i tried some random stuff i tried uh hacky sack uh i tried ping pong uh, and I, and I tried tennis and the, the tennis thing only made my back a lot worse. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so none of these things really, I remember actually like reflectively, cause sometimes you, you know, sometimes you tell your life story or the little like story moments and you think, and, and I'm kind of, I ask myself, is that really what happened? Is that what I experienced? Did I re reflectively think that you know it's a whole other question did that reflection actually affect what i was doing you know yeah who knows but i remember thinking like this stuff isn't really working like i felt like since i had learned how to get good at something physical already um i could just do that again with something else you know and i felt like i it, i felt like what's the point you know it's just gonna be a, it's gonna be skating in 10 years and I'm gonna you know I'll also be like what next you know and it felt kind of hollow so then I found out about uh, philosophy in particular and uh, and I I really liked Eastern philosophy I really like Buddhism just um, but I but the stuff that they taught in school you know is mostly Western mm -hmm. so so I went with that and that was cool too you know Plato's pretty rad um, so I got into that, and uh, and I went with it, and um, and it 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 kind of it just that's where my life went, you know, and uh, and I so I did go I did go to Berkeley, and um, 
like my teacher wanted me to, and I, I, I did it and went up there, and I was, I was nervous as hell, you know, about whether I'd stand up, you know, because the community colleges out here, you know, you got students who are, like, excelling, and then they go to the, they transfer to the bigger school, you're always nervous, you know, will I still be um, on the level or whatever, you know? Um, and I and I was, and I did well, and I went on, and I was, like, wanting to go, and, um, and, and ended up, I wanted to go to a Ph.D. program um, and, and uh, teach philosophy, you know, and that's for, for, for several years. Um, that was my mind was totally absorbed into thought, you know, and, and, and talking about it and reading and uh, writing. And and that was like really where I was, you know, so I just um, I think I threw on my skates every once in a while, but it. But for those two years that I told you about from 2000, uh, whatever to whatever, like it was, it, it was pretty distant, you know, but I still would like do random parkour shit, you know what I mean? Just to shake it out. Um, but I, but my body was getting weaker too, because I wasn't really doing anything but sitting at cafes. So, um, that was why I, why I drifted out of skating is cause, you know, I lost my friends, um, um, you know, body was hurting a lot, didn't know what to do to fix it. I, I remember I'd go to these, I'd go to some chiropractors and they put me on a table and just jam me, you know, <laughs> table drops, you know, that shit, when the table drops, they hit you from the table, <laughs> dunk. I'm like, dude, like, yeah, this is really great, but it's not working at all, you know, like, so I, I didn't realize, you know, what I've learned, what I've learned, like, fast forward, I mean, I had... My back pain was so fucking terrible, like, after after a while that I didn't think I could skate anymore, to be honest. Like, I really didn't think I had it anymore. Like, I was like, I used to think, well, I'm glad that I kind of moved on from that because it would be really painful to be wanting to skate and feel like this, you know? And the back pain was so bad that, like, I don't know if you have, do you have back pain? Do you know what I, I mean? I've had, uh... I've had a little bit of back pain, and it was mainly related to um, the way my ankles were set inside of my skates. I've had um, knee pain more than anything, but um, yeah. back pain, uh, when I did start to have it, I started rec skating, like just yeah. just recreational skating, like just doing the movement of skating, and uh, that helped a lot, like yeah. just correcting posture. For sure. But uh, from what I know, like um, my girlfriend's, dad is a is a rodeo hall of famer and um i i I know the intensity of of back pain and they always say in uh yoga they say healthy spine healthy life so yeah yeah it was like i didn't know what to do about it you know and i just thought that it was over you know and i was almost yeah like i was saying i was like well shit good thing i found something else i really want to do like philosophy because um yeah i i remember uh when I first started skating again, I would roll off a curb and I'd feel like a shudder of pain through my back, you know? Um, it was just pretty gnarly stuff. Like, I remember I... See, like, only only in the last couple years, I've been able to, like, really, uh, really, with, with the yoga is really what's helped me, is I've been able to get to a point where I can hang out and not think about it, you know what I mean? Uh, Definitely. 
And it's hard. Like if your back, if your body's, it's hard enough to relate to somebody, but if your body's screaming, it's like you just want to go lay down. And that's kind of what my reality was like. So it's not really the kind of place that you want to go and like, you know, jump a gap. (laughs) (laughs) So then when you started to, when you started to get back into skating, did, did the, did you start working on your body first? Like, did you start working on your back pain and then skating just slowly started to click again? And this was when you moved back to San Francisco or what happened next? Like after, from getting into philosophy, what was the bridge that got you into getting healthier and skating again? Well, what happened was um, my, after my, my first year of, um, call, my first year at Berkeley, I met a girl and she uh, and she ended up breaking up with me, and that was like my one. You know, and I don't know if everyone has one, but a lot of people talk about that one time when you get your heart broken and it's really fucking terrible. <laughs> I think everyone has one, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So that was my uh, junior in college, and um, and I, you know, I I just got really sad, you know, and I'd all and it was like worse than anything I'd had before, really. Uh, and, um, and I remember when I went, I went home for Christmas and I was like, not sure what I wanted to do. I was like, maybe I'll go drop out of school and become a monk or something. I mean, I was like thinking about, you know, religion because I'm just can't cope, you know? Hey, I've thought of, I thought of that before when I was, uh, yeah. going through a really shitty time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, I'll just. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like I think it's the naive for me. I think it was like a naive place because I'd read a lot about mysticism, and I thought it probably thought it'd be cool to like you know commune with Brahman or some crazy shit. But <laughs> I was really hurting, and but I said okay, I'll just be practical and go you know do my last year of college and get that degree. And um, I but when I went back, I went back with a game plan. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. Uh, of a lot, a lot of things I wanted to change about the way I live my life, um, uh, and uh, one of them was that I wanted to be more active because I figured that it helped. Uh, so I, um, so I decided to start skating again, you know. Um, but uh, for the first, but I only skated at the skate park, you know, and I never. I never would film anything, but I just I just go to Berkeley Skate Park. That's a real special place for me. We have a Wednesday night skate in the Bay Area, and it's at currently it's at Berkeley Park. So I just love that. But I started going to Berkeley Skate Park, and I met a few uh, rollerbladers who are also Cal students. There was a li- there's like a little group of them. One of the dudes that was part of the group was Hong Fung, but unfortunately he had graduated. And left their crew, but I so I missed him by a year, which sucks. Uh, that guy's but, legendary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a good rail skater. Oh, right. and just super clean style. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just nobody skates like that anymore. No. I don't no. Know but uh, so, anyways, like I'm I'm going to the Berkeley skate park like once first, just like probably once a week. Um, with, uh, with the Berkeley crew homies, um, and, uh, they always wanted to get me to skate street, you know, and, um, they're like, uh, after, after a couple sessions, they like realized who I was, you know, and that I actually been a, been a badass skater, you know, (laughs) 
Um, it's like, they want me to go skate street. And I'm like, no way. You know? <laughs> I won't even skate the street course. <laughs> I only skated the, I only skated the bowl. It's this beautiful bowl. It's, it's eight feet high in the back end. And it's probably like five or six in the front. And it's like one of those eight, eight, eight curve, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just would skate that. And I learned how to skate concrete skate parks a bit in San Diego. Um, and how to pump bowls fakie and stuff, but not not too much, but enough to kind of have a have a start. Yeah. And um, and man, I started to get down in that bowl. Like I started to fuck that bowl up, you know. Oh, I've and, seen edits. I've seen edits. I know the bowl you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I just started to fuck that thing up, and just I was doing AL, alley fish brains on the on the eight foot, and just going for it, you know. And just and just sweating, you know, and just sweating and sweating and sweating, and then falling and getting and just not caring, you know, but and just getting it out, you know. Yeah. Uh, all that whatever was in, in me, all that anger, sadness. I think I was just getting it out, and I was just getting rid of it or whatever. Um, it was a really positive thing, and I liked it a lot. And I and I even at that, and I did that for another, you know, another two years, you know, solid of going to the skate park and, and fucking up the bowl, you know? And um, one, and then I, I never tried to go anywhere else, you know? And I met, um, one time, uh, Pat Lennon came to that skate park because I had an old friend named Nick, Nick Whitmore. Um, you know, you know, drip drop well, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the front side on the kink ledge. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Nick Whitmore. Um, and Nick, Nick and I went way back, um, and so Nick was living with Pat at the time, and I wasn't living with Pat yet. I was, like, almost done with school or something. And uh, th- and they came out, and Pat came out with, like, a Volo hoodie, a black Volo hoodie. I think it was a Volo hoodie with his with the hoodie up and um, the hood up, and he had a skateboard. He didn't have his blades, and I didn't know who the fuck he was, you know? So I'm, like, just ripping it like I do because it's my park, you know? <laughs> what I do there, and... Um, and I didn't know it was him, um, but then you know afterwards, I, I he talked to me and I and I introduced himself. I realized, oh shit, that's that's Pat Lynn. Um, crazy. And then he's like, you know, you want to come skating with us sometime? And well, you know, my uh, my my Berkeley dudes. I I think I might have skated street with them a few times, but I'm not sure. I don't remember if I did before or if it was just Pat. But I mean, it was really. It's pretty much just like Pat saying, "Let's go skate street," and I was like, "Okay, you know what I mean?" <laughs> like, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. If Pat Lennon asks you to go skate street, you, you gotta go. Uh, yeah, I don't care about your bad your back hurts, and if you're just a little pool bitch, and that's all you like. <laughs> so I went out with him, and here's a funny thing: you'll appreciate this. Um, the first session I had with Pat, guess who was there? Rory Melahan. Are you serious? Yeah, Pat had Pat was trying to make a video at that time, and it never nothing ever came of it. Um, but Pat was trying to make a video, and uh, this is before I even met Sean Colin, or you know, because Sean was over the lake; he was doing this thing in in uh, England. Yeah, um, and so those two guys were separated, and Pat was trying to do his thing, you know, and um, and uh, yeah, he had paid for Rory Melahan to come out and film in San Francisco. He believed in Rory skating that much, um, and uh, yeah, wow. so yeah, so I went out and skated with those guys, and and I found ways to do cool tricks, you know, um, and uh, 
And yeah, yeah, and I, I remember um, this is one thing that I'll never forget. It's one of those, um, you know, when you read about like religious experiences, that the moment, the instant where everything changes, you know, just Absolutely. you don't, just don't see shit the same way. And I don't, I don't like. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll I'll feel kind of like a a non spiritual, non religious person, even though I really am and I believe in it. Um, but this is my moment where um, Pat uh, and I, we all got done skating, and I, we were at a BART station, and Pat wasn't really trying to take me back to Berkeley. So I got on, so I went and I waited for the BART, and I'm at Colma BART, which is super far from Berkeley, you know, waiting like half an hour for the BART to come. And um, I'm sitting there, and I just start stretching, because I'm like, I know that I needed to, like, I needed to somehow, like, fix whatever had happened. I needed to get stronger and more flexible or whatever. And then I, in, in that, those moments, I knew that um, I was going to go skate like hardcore for, oh, I was going to do it. You know what I mean? Like I was going to, I was going to like take my skating and see what fuck I could do with it, you know? Oh, wow. And, and that was the moment. Like that was it. And ever since then, that's what I've been on. Like that's it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, well, your section in R.I.P., San Francisco is a quite the testament to that that moment that that yeah. idea. I mean, um, and I'm still pretty like even filming for that like that. A lot of that footage I it was filmed at a time when I was still pretty pretty new, like back in the game, you know. Oh, it's there's so, so much good stuff in that though. So much good stuff. I think um that that video is still one that um a lot of people haven't seen, like if they have seen your, your Jado edit, um, or even the shock video, I think that one's more people need to see. Cause it's not, if you look it up on Vimeo, it's not labeled. Like you can't look up Kevin Yee. It's like, yeah, that's true. That's true. You have to look up RIP San Francisco. So, yeah. And I was the one that uploaded the video for Sean and you know, I'm, I'm not that good at technology stuff. Like, I'm totally average, you know? So it's like I figured out how to pull it off the DVD and split it up, but it was beyond me to do much more. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for doing that. Well, I'd seen the DVD, but just to, I love um, stuff being available on Vimeo because just kind of in the moment, if it pops into your head, I love being able to quickly yeah. search it. Or it's yeah. is there a download option for the listeners out there? Can you download it if you have a Vimeo account? I don't know. I think there is. I think you can. Oh, yeah, you can. Never mind. It's on my desktop here. So anyone who's li listening, if you look up uh, RIP SF on Vimeo, on Chunk, yeah. on the Inri. It's on the Inri account, right? Yeah. Yeah. Should be. That's where you can find that section. So at what point did you did you first start doing yoga in San Francisco in this, in this era? Um... Not right away, really, I don't think. Um, <clears throat> um, probably, like, two, when I moved in with Pat, um, that was, I moved in with Pat 2000, I think I moved in with Pat 2008 or nine. I'm so bad with uh, dates and stuff, you know? I am, too. Yeah, so, yeah, I, after I moved in with Pat, I found a yoga, a hot yoga studio, near his near his place where 
I did where I signed up for work trades. So I would just like do all wash all the sweaty towels and what and all the stinky mats and stuff. And and um, that's where I would. That's when I started kind of trying realizing that it was something that could help me. And the way I realized that is because um, I uh, when I was filming with Sean for our IPSF, like I don't know halfway through filming stuff, um, I. I did something terrible to my groin. I like tore it or something, you know. And I, I didn't go to a doctor, and um, <clears throat> I just was waiting and waiting and waiting, and it never felt right. And um, like, have you ever have you ever fucked up your groin? It's the worst thing ever. No, um, I know it's a it was a really common old school injury from people front siding rails all the time. I know that <laughs> that was like a really common injury in the hoax too, Mad Beef era, but. No, uh, the ankle's the only thing I've had. I've heard uh, hamstring and growing are, are really bad. And they're mentally, they can be... Is growing the same as hamstring where you think it's okay and then you'll you'll do something and just the weirdest little pull will um, change it? Yeah, I don't know. Not as much for me, but it could okay. be, you know. For me, it was just like, it's not right, and I knew it, you know? What and trick was it on, if you can remember? Like, what what was the body position that pulled it? Um, I basically just did the splits, kind of. Oh, fuck. Well, I actually landed on, um, yeah, I, like, landed on my knees, but, like, spanning outwards, you know? And yeah. it just, yeah. Um, it was that, there's, like, in our PSF, there's a curved down ledge that's white that I soy out. Yeah. And, like, and, like, there's one fall in there that I get up and kind of shake it off, but the next one that... I, I don't know, I think the tape didn't work or something, but um, but the one after that, that's the spot on. I, I wanted to, you know, do it perfect, which is an interesting thing I'm thinking about all the time now. Um, oh, my God. It's a... Uh, but it, it's a the virus. Okay. It's <laughs> me, but I don't know what to do about it, you know? Uh, uh, you and Todd could do a whole podcast about that idea. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, that's a whole other topic. Like, yeah, I wanted to do it a little nicer. You know, realizing afterwards that, like, the fact that I missed the little mute grab looked kind of cool. It was fine. But I, I like, uh, wanted to do it better, and, um, and I splatted. And um, that was the first time I tore up my groin, and I did it again in Las Vegas filming for the shock video. Um, and that, yeah, those are just, like, six-month injuries. And the way that I got the, the way that I would get it to come back around was doing hot yoga. That shit fixed it. I don't know anything else. Nothing else works, so. That's yeah. nice that the power of it, you know? Um, just recently in the, we did, or I sent Dustin Latimer some questions and I was asking him about yoga and he said his wrists have healed over time from doing yeah. yoga. For the first while he couldn't do uh, downward dog, but he, but he said it's actually healed up and um, I hear stuff all the time about how yoga he, heals it up, so that's, it's so cool. It's so cool to hear. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you find that, um, like, uh, a culture like uh, like skateboarding or whatever. Do you think there's anybody who actually talks about yoga and something like that? It's a very manly, uh, like hardcore culture. Um, do you think uh, the fact that that rollerbladers talk about things like yoga it does it reflect kind of a different idea of the way we look at our activity or sport or art? Um, I'm not sure because I'm only just. I 
I, uh, are you, so skateboarders definitely don't talk about it, you're saying? Well, no, actually, I have no idea. This is, yeah. this is based on my assumption of what I know, but um, yeah. it seems like there's more health-conscious talk a little bit with people yeah. like yourself and, and Robert Guerrero, Latimer, uh-huh. the Happy Podcast recently. Like, rollerblading is harder on your body. I mean, the fact that they're attached to your feet it, it just seems like it might be a little bit harder on your body in the long term. Um, I don't even know what that question would be, but, like, it just seems like, uh, like, rollerblading... Oh, no, never mind. I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Do you understand that yeah. a little bit? Like, um... Well, like if we, sure. Yeah, go <laughs> If we are growing... If we are growing a, a culture, if there is one happening, um, yeah. do you think that like being more health conscious is something that uh, is more evident in rollerblading than maybe like in its history? Whereas like skateboarders in their skateboarders or BMXers like growing up in the '90s or whatever, do you think they would have talked about something like doing yoga, or would they would have they would have been afraid to kind of? Um, smear their image by talking about something possibly a bit more, I don't know, feminine, maybe? Yeah. Um, I think that the, I think that, I, um, I'm not sure, but I would, I would say that, that probably the reason why, um, more people are talking about yoga is because more people are talking about yoga all over the world, you know? So. That's true. It's just, it may not be just a roller, but, you know. Thing. And then I don't. I mean, one of the one of the yoga teachers at the place I go to, his name's Scott. Um, yeah, he's a he's totally a skateboarder, hardcore skateboarder guy. Um, and uh, so I know that he's doing his thing. I don't. You know, I think there's a few outspoken people about what they do to keep their bodies fit and stuff like uh, in rollerblading. But I still think a lot of people do a lot of stuff that they don't talk about you know um, yeah. and then a lot of people don't do shit I mean it's on you so I don't think I don't see it exactly as a, as a watershed but maybe it is that'd be cool I mean someone like Michael Garlinghouse takes incredible care of his body but you don't hear him talking about it really you know no I had no idea yeah I mean Broscow too man uh, Sean Kelso these guys those guys are are biking like so much every day. That's what I heard. And then, um, um, you know, you don't exactly hear about it, but it's happening. Um, you know, um, Kathy, I guess, so he's taking care of himself. That's good. I mean, <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess everybody is, but I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's, when you say, is it making our culture, if it's, giving us a culture, um, I don't know, because it seems like you're kind of basing that off, this is something that makes us unique, as opposed to, like, skateboarding, and I don't know if skateboarding is is uh, is doing that or not, I'm sure skateboarding is doing everything in the sun, because it's so huge, you know? It was a pretty stupid question, actually, because it wasn't written down, so sometimes I, I think out loud, and I try and get to a point, and I didn't there, but... We got some words out there. Well, we'll do about half an hour more. Is that cool with you? Yeah, sure.
Okay. I guess it's about two hours. You guys can... We haven't talked about something very important. Actually, to bridge, just before we get into the shock video... Yeah, okay. Um, there's one thing I wanted to ask about. Um, when I lived in Vancouver, I kind of... I've never been to San Francisco personally, but um, Vancouver uh, can sometimes actually appear to be quite there's a lot of culture there and there's a lot of um history in skateboarding and there's a lot of art and there's a there's like extremes of all the different kinds of cultures there do you find that um that's beneficial to being a rollerblader in a place like san francisco i always look at san francisco as a similar place to vancouver in terms of there's it's very vibrant with all types of people and mm -hmm. cultures so um was that beneficial in terms of a place to be wearing rollerblades and to be out in the streets? And uh, did you ever get, like, dramatic, or do you get dramatic reactions from different types of people living in a place like San Francisco and, and skating? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure if it's, um, I don't know if it's particular to San Francisco or, or what it would be like to, you know, like, live skating in, like, New York City, you know? Yeah. Um, but but when I go out and skate street, uh, people talk to me all day long. There's always people coming up to me. There's always people taking pictures with their their iPhones. You know, one time I had like a uh, like a slew of people with iPhones and iPads all all taking pictures and video. And I'm like, damn, let me get that angle, Holmes. And it's like, no, that's for my edit. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I didn't know. <laughs> What company are you filming for? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, dude, people are getting out there. When I get out there, I mean, I'm skating. Uh, yeah, people see me and they get they get excited, man. They really do. And and I used to be weird, a little bit weirder about lake skating in front of random strangers, you know. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, I just I just lace it, you know, and. Uh, I get pumped, you know. Some several times it's happened that I'm working on a trick for like a long time, half an hour or whatever it takes. Fucking the filmer, I'm starting to get that guilt. Like, damn, Batsuki <laughs> must be getting bored right now, you know? Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of I know that there's a lot of apologizing sometimes between yeah. the filmer and the skater. Yeah, I mean, I gotta buy him a milkshake or what do you want? A Ford? <laughs> Come on, like let me just get something for you because. Anyway, so, like, some dude will walk by, and they'll be like, yeah, man, let me see something. And then it's several times it's happened, boom, I land it. I'm like, God, couldn't you come earlier? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And just quickly, um, before we go into shock video, what's, what's the story behind that picture? Um, did you do a demo? There's a, the picture that was on your Facebook of you holding the check. Yeah. With all of the the skateboard dudes, what, there was like a famous dude in there. Uh, Cabs. Yeah, which we we his name is in all of our tricks. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, story behind that. Um, there's a there, there's a new little skate park, skate plaza thing. It's basically four or five benches, and they're right in um, this neighborhood called the Hate, um, and. Uh, and yeah, so there was a there was a demo thing that they put on to celebrate that Tony Hawk had given a, a check to the city to build another skate park in a different neighborhood. Yeah. And 
Um, and yeah, and I went to that and uh, I heard about it because um, there's a San Francisco Skateboarding Association and I went to their meeting um, and and, uh, they, and I told them my story, you know, like their goal is to build more skate parks in the city and I'm like, look, like I'm a rollerblader but uh, I have the same goal, you know, so what can I do to help? And they're like, they were really cool. They're like, yeah, man, just go to the go to the demo and skate. That's all we want you to do, you know. Oh, wow! And I was like, awesome. And so I went to that demo and I skated with all the skateboarders and um and uh, yeah, they took that photo and and then the dude who who uh, owns a skate shop that threw the the skate SF um, skate association meeting, he he looked over at me and gave me a nod telling me to go get in that photo, so I said, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, was it, was it a sincere nod? Like, do you feel... Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, very supportive. Like, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, like, like, out, there's a skate park, um, Potrero, that's really, I actually, so I just moved to a new place, and um, I am a stone's throw from a skate park that's an amazing skate park, and it's like, I'm so happy, and I used to go to that skate park when it first opened, and I get get, get people coming up to me, um, calling me a nerd, uh, giving giving me uh, giving me like you can't come in here or, or I'll hit you with my skateboard, you know, like for real. Oh, it's so hard. ridiculous. So, um, so people would say shit like you know you like what did you do to get this skate park built? And that people would say you know one dude's like this is my dojo, you know we built this place, and you know. And it's all hate, but the thing is, one thing that hit me, I was like, you know what, I didn't do anything for the skate park to be built, and I've never done anything for a single skate park to be built, you know? Yeah, um, that's true. And I'm like, that's a good point. And so then I went to that meeting, you know, with the intention of being like, I want to do something, you know? So I, so it's like that criticism isn't valid. I am doing something. And so, um, um, yeah, and... Oh, I, now I'm just still thinking about how there's a skate park super close to my house. <laughs> Sick ass bowl. <laughs> this one's got pool coping and it's like twice as big as Berkeley Park, so I got a lot of ways to go. Holy shit! It's like one of those bowls where it's like Bailey drops in and 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 just dominates it, but everyone else is like, fuck. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Give me there. I'll get there. Um. Not saying I'll get there to Bailey's level. That fool is unbelievable. Oh, there's something about um seeing people skate in person that uh, a video video is great, but there's still sometimes about like the first time I saw Eric Bailey skate in person, I I had like a I already appreciated his skating, but I had a new appreciation, and it was only was that one of the barn burners, but it was something to do with the I don't know the way he flowed from thing to thing and just yeah. the confidence and the control was unbelievable like uh yeah it, it just makes you i want to try i like when i mind skate when i when i think of skating in my mind and yeah. and then you think you can do stuff and then you put your skates on and you're like oh shit i have to get into yeah. the flow and get used to them but then there's you watch people like that and it just yeah. seems like they were born with skates on their feet or something i don't know yeah yeah it's a natural born athlete you know like some of, some of us would be pro athletes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> some of us fuck with yoga for the rest of our lives to even have a chance, you know. That's a good thing, though. I think that's a good thing. It's for your body. 
One thing about yoga that I want to say that's amazing since we've been talking about it so much. Yeah, it's weird to talk about yoga a lot, I know, but there's only so many topics that I'm super comfortable with. I'm glad I've got one other than skating, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yoga. So I'm not going to care if it's kind of like right now at this moment, it's kind of lame to talk about it. But falling in yoga is important because the, the amount of movements that you do on a pair of skates that we do typically – uh, is pretty is a pretty small range compared to the ways that your body falls when you lose control, Definitely. and and you freak out if you your body falls into a position that you're not comfortable with because it's not a soul grind. You you know, that's when you land it. But when you're falling, you know. So I think what's good about doing something like yoga or dance or anything is that your is that there, your your body gets into a lot of different positions and gets really comfortable and learns how to relax in a lot a wide variety of different positions that it would never get into um, doing standard skating or even creative skating kind of stuff um, and so like lately I've been falling and I'm like chilling you know I'm like oh I know this one you know and you know what I mean and it's all about staying relaxed you know oh, definitely Letting it, letting your body just go where it's gonna go, and not not clenching, you know. I mean, yeah. Sometimes if there's a fucking sprinkler head, you're gonna get fucked either way. But uh, but but generally, like, it's all about just. I've I've been having a lot of fun falling, and I've been really impressed with the way that I've been falling. Um, and uh, and I know that it's going straight back to to yoga and body awareness. And the other thing I was thinking about is how I'm just getting all this shit out. But body awareness. Um, it's not something where you just think about it because the, the word awareness has this mental connotation, you know? And it's, it's the, I think the way to get body awareness, to get your body awareness expanded, is, isn't by thinking about it or learning about it or studying anatomy. It's about actually doing a lot of different things with your body, um, which is another thing. Like, you know, don't, if, I mean, I've had points in my skating where I, I would be like hurting so bad and so kind of crippled. But I couldn't, like, play a game of soccer, you know? And then I'd want to put my skates on and jump a gap, and I would do it, you know? It's like if you can't, like, climb a fucking, you know, uh, climb a rock face, or if you can't play a game of soccer, feel comfortable shooting the, the ball around, playing some basketball, then, like, what are you doing putting your skates on, you know? And it's like, yeah, anyways, there you go. Wow. Um, Dropping knowledge, I've never thought of it that way. I, I know that my skating improved dramatically when I just started getting a feel for, I got a pair of speed skates, and like I said, I started rec skating a lot. Yeah. Like three to five days a week, and um, just the balance, and definitely yeah. falling, I remember. The way, that, the way that I fell, I had um, I had all these like little weird muscles developed just from, just from skating around a lot, like long distances. And yeah. uh, it changed everything for the better. It actually, I learned a bunch of... Uh, new ways to balance on my skates just from the act of skating not actually doing tricks just skating around a lot i think it's so important and yoga this is a new thing yeah. for me but um yeah i mean you gotta i mean kranz is my homie don't get me wrong but he wrote an article about power blading that was anti-power blading yeah but, i read that <laughs> and, and that's just not true because the more kinds of ways that you roll um the, the better that you get at the specific kinds of rolling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, um, Leon uh, Bassin, who owns Shop Task, is a, he's a firm believer in, like, um, he, he always tells his employees, like, if they're aggressive skaters, quote-unquote, or trick skaters, he wants them to try speed skates and try 
um, urban or, or yeah. freestyle skates or whatever, and you'll understand more about each kind of skate, and it'll all feed into each other in the end. And, and what you're saying with yoga and, and movement and all that stuff, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I totally agree. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's briefly, just before we're done here, I want to ask you about the shock video because um, it blew me away. Like, I, I knew I was going to like it, um, but I wasn't prepared for having such a powerful skate video experience. So you said, how long? Three years that video was worked on for? Yeah. Um, and who, this is, it was Thomas that edited it? Yeah, Thomas. Um, it really felt like it had a collaboration, though. Like, did you and Tommy Boy... Is that his name? Is he called yeah. Tommy Boy? That's what we call him, yeah. Um, did you guys have a lot of say? Like, was there a lot of collaboration in, in how it was supposed to be? And um, did you guys run edits back and forth and say, like, uh, no, this shouldn't go in, this should go in? It just really had a um, a good feel to it. Uh -huh. I, and was that from col you guys collaborating? Or was that a lot of Thomas's vision? or? Well, um... So the editing was, uh, uh, it was always Tommy Boy and Thomas and, um, and myself and, and also John Vasugi sitting in Thomas's room um, working on it every time, you know. So yeah. we, were always in, we were always in the room together and Thomas is just, um, Thomas is, is really a, a great he's the one who's got the skills, you know, he's got the editing skills. So, and he's got the equipment. So we were fortunate to have somebody who, who had that kind of, uh, just that, the raw ability to do it. And, um, you know, he's in film school and, uh, and also Thomas just totally gets it. So it's just, wow. Um, and, uh, I would say, yeah, it was a collaboration for sure. I mean, um, yeah, all the way. Um, I just, I mean, I recorded a whole podcast where I drank and talked about the shock video for like an hour. Um, I, and it's, I bought so many DVDs. Obviously, it's so funny how you're tied to um, my favorite videos. Like, you've been tied to Pat's work and Sean's work, and those have been my favorite videos pretty much in the past 10 years, the stuff that I've connected with. But this video was like on a whole new level, and how you say... Thomas just gets it. Um, Thomas is incredible. Um, especially, mm -hmm. and John, I don't know how to say his last name. Va Vasugi. Vasugi. Um, yeah. they're, they're good buddies. It seems like they've kind of grown up skating together, and they're around the same age, too. Yeah, they're around the same age. Um, they, they're both kind of, like, from the Bay Area. I think, I think they've become really good buds in the... They, I don't think they grew up skating together since they were little little kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. But w once they met, they were like brothers, so might as well. Yeah. I, there's just something about um, uh, that collaborative effort that you could just tell a lot of thought and a lot of discussion was put into this video. And um, like, I mean, was the did the shock video come from kind of a distaste from what skate videos were, or was Thomas and all you guys are you? big fans of, you know, skate videos, like the back of your hand, and you wanted to make something special. What was the kind of idea behind the shock video before you even started filming? 
Well, I don't think there was one, really. I mean, I think, I mean, uh, I think it was like we wanted to make uh, Tommy Boy and I wanted to make a video since before we even like published the site. You know, it was always like about making a video. You know, um, and I think that we, I mean, the very initial thing was that like, I think, I think it's like Tommy Boy and I are like opposites. You know, so we thought that at least I don't know what he thought, but. I think I thought that like okay you got this this one polar this this total like contradiction happening here and what if a video came out of that you know like those two visions you know and it's like um, I think that's kind of kind of where my initially why I thought it would be a good idea and then about whether we're skate nerds or not I mean Tommy Boy definitely knows skate videos you know all the way back like he knows he knows the culture like. Um, and, and I, and I know a lot, I know a lot, you know, but yeah. I've never been like, um, skate nerd 10,000, you know, <laughs> like, like, uh, knowing every single little, little detail about the, the key chains that what company used to make, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like Tommy Boy really has a lot of knowledge and I think that that's important, you know, to have people like that. Those are like the keepers you know um but but yeah so i mean we didn't work on it like every day for three years you know <laughs> yeah uh, like and and for a long time for most of the video for the first two years two and a half years tommy boy was living in san diego and i was living in san francisco um so i would just like i would just get get on a plane and i'd go down to san diego and film Tommy Boy and Hayden, and then I'd go and I'd film the Vegas dudes, and then uh, I'd go to Minnesota and, and I'd hang out and film those guys, or they'd just film themselves or whatever, and then Jeremy Soderbergh got all the footage from, from L.A., like, big shout-out to him, because he just went and handled, like, you know, 15 minutes of the video for us, you know? Um, he's a hard worker, and, uh, yeah. Same thing with Garling House. A lot of the Minnesota stuff, Garling House handled, and um, so I had help, but I was definitely the one um, on the road, you know, uh, filming. Tommy Tommy Way never had a camera, so I was out there filming, and it was kind of like I kind of took it upon myself to be like the one who was going around and gathering the footage, you know, and uh, and I just filmed everything. I didn't really know what I didn't really know what was going to be used and not. I didn't I didn't like set up. I think I tried to set up skits, but or things like that, unnatural things. None of that really worked, you know. So, um, I don't know. Uh, it was hard. Like for a long time, I was like, "Is this thing ever going to get done?" Um, for a long time, we didn't have. I didn't. I never felt like we had enough footage, you know. But then when we actually made the video, it turned out we had so much footage. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I never thought we had enough. And um, there was definitely times where I'm sitting on like my best section ever, and I just want to put it online, you know? <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I was sitting on it for, like, it's, like, all that shit's been done for, like, over a year, you know? And um, so it was kind of hard in that sense for me personally, you know? Because uh, it's, like, you know, all the, the skate video projects I'm in, I'm always the guy who's, like, really cares a lot and tries really hard, you know, to make sure it comes out, to make sure, like, the producer, you know? Um, and, uh, 
and that's kind of the role I play with the shock video. And um, sometimes my 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 I would get hurt. Uh, the, during the three years, I was hurt exactly half the time. And when I'm hurt, you know, I don't have a lot of like. I did I did film on crutches, you know, but uh, generally, like when I get hurt, I wouldn't really want to. Um, I I I don't like to um, go to sessions. I I like to stay away from skating when I'm hurt because I think it keeps me from getting burnt out. So when I'm hurt, I try to do other shit. Yeah, um, yeah. it's hard enough, you know, not being able to do it, but being around it and all that. It can be very painful. Apart, right. it's um mental pain on top of the physical pain of the injury. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, some people, if you're selfless enough to get hurt and then stay with the scene, you know, more power to you. But for me, I gotta go hibernate, you know. Um, but so those those things probably held the video back from getting done, you know, in two years, and then, uh, you know, and then we we didn't know who was gonna edit it, um, and then Thomas kind of like. Um, we realized Thomas, like the you know the answer to our problem is right right in front of us, best buddy, right here, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> I love when that happens. Um, yeah, there's a there's a definitely a timeless quality to the video, and I, there's no formula on how you do that, and probably it's it has a lot to with there actually being no plan and filming for a long time. Um, it's there's something about it that's just so refreshing. Um, yeah. compared to everything that I've seen and I keep, yeah, using the term I think I said it in the podcast that it's timeless and that it it exists it's so refreshing to not see any um, it's not tied to any brands in skating um, there's nothing blatantly advertising about what skates people are on it doesn't try very hard to be anything and uh, I think skating needed something like that for a very long time so have you got any feedback along those lines from people or how has the reception been for the video since it's come out? Well, that's, it's hard to say. I mean, like a few people have, a few people have told me that they, that they liked the video. A few people have told me that they liked my section, but I mean, when I say a few, like three, you know, <laughs> so, I haven't like heard, I haven't heard all that much. Um, uh, you know, there's all this this stuff online. When we post, when the when the last trailer got put on Roller News, there was like a lot of people were talking about it, but it was all negative. And um, so there's that. I don't know what to think about that because I'm not sure if they've seen the video or not. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, I, I I don't know. You know, I don't know. Send me an email and tell me you liked it. That'd be nice. I mean, <laughs> well, and, the, and another thing, though, are like DVDs just done? You know? Um, well, I, I've said it before that they are, but this reignited my faith a little bit. That yeah. if you want to work for a long time on a project, this one definitely has value in terms of a DVD release. Um, there was just something about it that I really enjoyed as a as a DVD. It was long too. It was like yeah. Um, it's like a, an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. Oh, I'm sure. Did Probably. you guys debate about the length or did you guys just not care? Well, we, I mean, from the very beginning, we, we try, we, we were saying like, we'll, we'll just use the clips that we think are really worth showing, you know? And it definitely <laughs> has that feel as well. There's yeah. Not a lot of filler. Yeah. Yeah. Not even in even with that, it still was so long, and um, 
uh, I don't know. We we were kind of just like, fuck it, it's long. <laughs> you know? I don't think yeah. it'd be like, we didn't want to like take anyone's parts out. I mean, that would suck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we didn't stress that too hard. I mean, honestly, like we were, we were like, like most gay videos, like we're, you know, down to the, down to the line. Like, um, we worked on it, like Thomas and I, and before, even before Tommy would move back up to San Francisco, which helped us finish it a lot. Thomas and I were already editing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh for like i don't know almost almost five months or something like we were working on it for a long time a lot longer than i think most people work on skate videos these days um but you know even then like we were we were stressing really hard about getting it out for christmas you know and uh, and so like a lot of those thoughts about like oh like stay take a step back you know no like we we were like we need to send it to the duplicator now you know <laughs> just send it to duplicator two weeks ago you know that sort of thing so it's like uh yeah and i mean if it yeah it's it was really stressful it was like hard on all of our personal lives just just all the stress of of finishing it you know and uh you know there's always something that goes wrong with the computer but Luckily, there wasn't any um, hard drives crashing, and we had a lot of hard drives hooked up. So that was that. So that was so good that that didn't happen. But well, I'm so glad you set it free into the world because it's it's definitely influenced uh, me in in very specific ways, which I have yet to um, inject into my own skating and the and the way I make videos. But it was something that I I felt like I had been waiting for a video like that to come out. Or I kept, I kept having such high expectations of videos and things that I experience online, and uh, I kept getting disappointed. And this was, this was one of the first things that kind of like, well, there's been Sean's videos uh, and Drip Drop had a bit of the vibes, but um, this one was above and beyond in terms of like, reignited my kind of belief in in working on a project for a really long period of time. I kind, I kind of, um, I, I don't know, I. I stopped believing a little bit in like working on a skate video for a really long period of time and, and thought that just putting out more stuff that explored smaller parts of skating or yeah. smaller little experiments had value. But so yeah. thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, nowadays I'm kind of like back on, I'm on, kind of on your tip, you know, <laughs> like, um, I'm, uh, you know, after spending so many years working on DVDs, now this year I think I'm gonna put more stuff out, like just online, and and uh, and take you know take a break. But um, but I do I still think that making a DVD is an awesome um thing to do. But I'm not sh I'm but I'm not sure. Maybe like the DVD format's an awesome thing to do, like a big video. Yeah. But I don't know. But it doesn't seem like lately. It feels like uh, people don't really. Um, like DVDs barely exist, you know, compared to like stuff that's online. It's true. I, I felt like the the shock video. If it's the last DVD that you buy and the last one that's going to be in your collection, um, it's it's a perfect goodbye to the DVDs. Because I was like, um, I was massively, I didn't dislike charging, but I was very disappointed in terms of I think charging, charging wanted to be that video, and the shock video was that video like for me at least that it was the video to end 
skate videos. I think DVDs may have value, but um, if you're listening right now, anyone who's listening, if you haven't bought the shock video, you can ditch a bunch of your DVDs and just have the shock video. And uh, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. I know that just recently, Blockbuster and Rogers Video, there's not many DVD stores. It's just in the past six months, DVD stores are starting to close down. So I, I, just my thought on that entire thing, my verboseness, I think it comes down to um, there's a lot of uh, responsibility for the viewer now. If DVDs don't exist and you're not sitting down, and there's no anticipation factor. There's a lot of responsibility on the viewer to how they're going to experience it, whatever they're watching. Instead of just devouring a bunch of skate sections and videos, you really need to sit down and be prepared to soak something in. And um, the shock video made me do that. So, mm. And um, to kind of end off here, so you're saying you're working on some shorter things. What's to come from Kevin Yee? What can we expect? This well, coming year, um, I um, right right now I'm just I'm I'm almost done with the new with the new section for the internet. Um, it's like uh, one of my one of my friends, um, Matt Rice. He runs this blog called Deal With It SF, and um, you uh, and, yeah he's um, yeah. He's like he's the one. Do you know? I had a I had an interview in the, for one magazine just like on online. Yeah. And there's all these photos, and he he was the one that took all those photos, and I and I really liked working with him, and and I was and I felt like you know he really helped me out there, so I was like I I wanted to do something with him, and so I have this like I think it's going to be like three minutes or something like kind of short. Like most of my sections are so long, so I thought like why not put out something, make something like a little more short. See how that goes, and um, so I'm almost done with that. A um, few more tricks to do, and I think that'll be out. I would say like in a month or less. Um, and uh, I've also got um, the the shadow video. We're uh, we're working on that, um, and uh, and I definitely have a whole. I've filmed a whole lot of stuff with with JC. Last time I went down to Long Beach, that was good, and um, I filmed a lot. Uh, up here for it already and I don't I, I have no idea when it's coming out um, so I don't know what to say when that's coming I, I assume it would come out this year the shadow and, video you're saying yeah, yeah and I think that the shadow video is going to be really really awesome I mean I think like I think it has a potential to um, just I don't know how it's going to be edited because I'm not like uh, it's not like the, with a shock video you know I'm like one of the people who's working on it like this is kind of I'm just a a skater so but but looking at it from from that perspective it, it seems like it has the potential to be a pretty groundbreaking uh skate video so um just on just in terms of the the, the team i mean i'm i'm biased but i figured that i think that the shadow team is full of some of the sickest riders um out there you know definitely so, um that's yeah. that's one that i would Absolutely, by and holy shit, is it JC who runs the blog and the site and everything? Yeah, JC is the go-to. He, he is, uh, just the all of the blog stuff and I don't know what he's done with the brand and the marketing and everything is amazing for Jado. I think. It's, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It makes skating look really good. Yeah. All that stuff that you guys do. Yeah, I mean JC has uh, has taken it and 
and giving it um, giving it life, really. You know, thanks. Um, and uh, yeah, you're right. It's he's he's the one behind it all. I mean, everyone's working on it, but he's been the one who's like, he really cares. And when I went down and I stayed with him for like ten days or something, I didn't really know him. It's always weird, you know, because you go and you stay with somebody who's also a skater, but they're also a human being that you don't know at all, really. Absolutely. You know? yeah. So, and I, you know, I got to know him. And I, I, you know, he's he's really. Um, we're really lucky to have him. You know, someone like him working hard on skating. And, he, and he's, uh, and he's, you know, that's the guy who loves rollerblading so much, in a, in a, even in a selfless way, you know, because, uh, and that's what you have to be, I think, to work that hard on rollerblading these days, you know. It's a really good point. I don't yeah. think many people say that about rollerblading, and to have really no, it brings it back to have no expectations of when you work hard on something and put it out. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. then, this is yeah. a. Oh, what were you going to say? No, no, no. Just, just more JC love. Oh, just do it. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> you know, he's out there making everyone else look good, so. Yeah. Um, well, to Bridget, there's been a JC Rowe pro skate. Not that this is that important. There's been a Benchois pro skate. Who else for Shadow? Let's see. Farmers had four. Is there ever a possibility of you getting a skate? For me? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I've never talked to anybody about it. I mean, when I, um, when I first got on the company and Shane Coburn was, was running it, he talked to me about it. Um, but that was, you know, three years ago and a lot of stuff's changed. So I don't really know. I, I mean, of course I'd love that. I mean, everyone kind of pours their heart into it. Like would think that's cool. You know, that's really cool. But I don't know. Um, I think there should be one. I would skate that skate. <laughs> um, and you probably won't be able to talk too much about it, but did you get a chance to try those prototypes, the Jado 2.0 prototypes? No, I haven't tried them. I saw them, though. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, you probably can't say too much, but what did you think of them compared to what you're skating right now? Is it a dramatic change, or... Yeah, it seems. It, I, since I didn't put them on, I don't know. But um, but but it does seem like it's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, sweet, like um, a a new cult, you know, or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's not like that. It's something new, you know. So, Fantastic. Yeah. It's not, no no bullshit. I don't know when that's coming out either. But the thing is, is they're working hard on making sure that when it does come out, it's solid. You know, I know. Awesome. I know farmers ripping it up with them on and trying to figure out what they need. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's a good person to have them on. And either way, the the shadow skate, sorry, shadow. I'm gonna <laughs> keep calling it. What do I say? Shadow, shadow. The shadow skate, the skate as it is right now. I'm still um, a Rems fan. I go back and forth between shadows once in a while. I find yeah. they're a very specific style. Like I have to kind of relearn the way that I roll around in them, but um, I think you said one of the best uh, Jado advertisements ever in this podcast when you said it's like the thing in Avatar. <laughs> yeah. That made me want to like try a pair of Jados again because of the connection to the animal. Yeah. To your foot. Um, anyways, so I, I'll have like a bunch more questions, but this is just version 1.0 of the Kevin Yee podcast. Kevin, thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight, and sorry for all of the 
unprofessional technical glitches. Oh, it's um, okay. I mean, I don't know if is it me or you or it's not me. It's you. You <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> I think it. I don't know what it. Fucking up. I don't know, but maybe it's the third party. Who knows? But um, is there anything you want to say to anybody listening out there right now before we go? Um. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is a so. Um, I just say thanks for uh, you guys doing this, and I and I, um, you know, a lot of things have come out in skating media. Um, like uh, footage tape, for example, you know, yeah. So a lot of a lot. The thing about uh, rollerblading media, it's really important to have people out there that are selfless enough to do it, you know. And I know it's a lot of hard work because, like, I've done it for a long time too. Right now, I'm not even doing it that much, you know. I just want to like. Anyway, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other thing. But um, you know, footage tape came out, and I thought it was like this is the next BG, you know. And uh, and then it's gone, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> shit. Uh, so I just want to say, like, thanks for doing this, and and I think it's rad that you guys are on like your seventy something episode. I think it's really good that you did a lot of them on your own before. You know, you you worked on it, you got good at it. You know, before you like start interviewing people, and uh, I think that's rad. Like that that shows a lot of effort, and uh, um. Yeah, just keep doing it, man. I hope you guys can keep doing it. And, and, you know, I'm just like another skater out there who is like sitting around in front of a computer board at work. And it's really it's really nice to, to get some intelligent uh, rollerblading media. Because the thing is, is like when you, you know, you guys talk, you talk about how it feels lame to be 28 or whatever and be obsessed with rollerblading, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And I think it's a weird thing to say it's lame, but I think the reason why it's not that rollerblading is lame or that you get in your late 20s and suddenly you shouldn't be worried about uh, awesome shit like blading. It's just that um, I think if you had the right media out there, it's like you don't have to feel like it's lame. So when I go on, I listen to you guys on uh, the podcast. I mean, I get I get to a point where I've had enough. I turn back on the music, you know, but like, um, but it's, it's informant, it's intelligent, you know, it's critical and, you know, I think it's something that we need, you know, so, and thank, thank you for doing this and thank you for, um, for thinking of me, you know, I, I'm right in between, uh, I'm right after Sean C and Chris Haffey, so I figure that's pretty good company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. And, uh, yeah. we're just scratching the surface, so yeah. thank yeah. you for doing this and, um, yeah, we'll, there's a, a lot of exciting ones to come. So we'll, yeah. we'll be providing you with some good cubicle content in the months and years yeah. to come. CC, okay. So have a good night, Kevin, and um, we'll talk to you soon, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, whatever, let me know. Okay. All right, man. Good night. <laughs> good night.